There you are, Shabbat Shalom, and greetings to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. It is Shabbat, and we are blessed to be together, are we not? Greet one another in the chat, and if you look at the description below, you'll see that we do have the sign-up for the Passover that is fast fast approaching. So please sign up for the Passover, those of you that do want to travel to Oregon, and then we also do have other feast sites all over the nation. You can go to torahtothetribes.com forward slash connect, and you can find out about that. So blessings to one another. We are in Torah portion, Vayachel, Vayachel, and it begins in Shemot, Exodus chapter um, 35 and verse 1. And Moshe gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said to them, These are the words which Yahuwah has commanded you to do. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh day shall be Kadosh. It shall be a holy day for you, a Shabbat of rest to Yahuwah. Whoever does any work on it shall be put to death, and you shall kindle no fire throughout your dwellings on the Sabbath day. This is how the portion begins, but you may remember from the 31st chapter and the 12th verse that there was the instruction on the Sabbath there as well. So really what we have here is bookends before and aft of the tabernacle. Why? Because the Apostle Paul said that you are the temple of Eloah. Ultimately, for us to live and to be built up, erected as believers, we need to take a break. We need to take a break and set boundaries from the secular, secular world. Will the secular world try and encroach upon those boundaries? For sure and for certain. But we are to have Shabbat Shalom no matter what those encroachments are, because Yahweh is greater than they that are in the world. And what he that who is in us is greater than the world. So we always have that Shabbat Shalom. This portion and the whole section from last week and this week is about the construction of the tabernacle. And you, brethren, you are that tabernacle, which is why in Acts chapter 15, it is all about raising up that which was destroyed, that which was dead, that which was decayed, that which was in sin and shambles. That's you and that was me. But he's raised us up. And the first thing that happened is that we were changed from the inside out. The furniture has to go inside first. Otherwise, you are just whitewashed tombs. It's as if you clean the outside of the cup, as Yahushua said, but you didn't clean the inside. So this is the whole purpose. And as we'll see through this section, I'm clicking in and out a little bit. Let me just check my audio is in there properly. All right. What we'll see in this section is this only happens. 
this resurrection, this raising of the tabernacle because somebody drilled it into your head through religion? No. Because somebody chased you down in a suit, two of them on a bicycle, when you were walking down the road, the Mormons. No. Because you had an inward change and you were willing in heart. Willing in heart, willing in heart, willing in heart. Whether you're a gifted artisan. Look, Exodus chapter 35, verse 4. And Moshe spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which Yahuwah commanded, saying, Take from you an offering to Yahuwah, whoever is willing of heart, let him bring it to an offering unto Yahuwah. I don't know how long we have. I don't know how long I have on this life. And it was all folly, except when I'm alone, and when I'm in the presence of Yahuwah, and I realize I want my life to be a life of living with a willing heart unto Yahuwah. Does that mean perfection? No, that means stumbling and falling, but being willing. It was the intention of the heart that was wicked that the man decided to gather sticks on the Sabbath. It was because his intention, and Yahushua said, if you even look at a woman with lust, it is if you've committed adultery, because it is the intention of the heart. That was what this is all about. It's not about rote, but it's about the intention of the heart. What we're going to see here in this week's portion in my life, and I think in all of your lives here today, because you're watching, you're tuned in on the Sabbath, is the centrality of the Sabbath. The centrality of the Sabbath, because it bookends the construction of the tabernacle, and it should bookend our lives as we are gathered together from the nations. In Exodus chapter 31, verse 12, you see the bookend of the Sabbath. You see it here in Shemot, Exodus chapter 34, verse 21. You see it here in Shemot, Exodus chapter 35, verse 1. The Sabbath is the first of the Moedim. It's the first of the feasts. It's a Moed. It's an appointed time. The Sabbath is the first of the Moedim. Why? Because it's a pattern of worship. It's a pattern of worship, and it's a pattern for freedom. In a time when people's rights are being stripped from them, the Sabbath is something that we need to hold to more and more and more. In a time when the ever-encroaching technology of the phone and the flash devices is always there, we need to hold to the Sabbath more and more and more. It's sanctification, it's separation, and it's a rewiring of the body system. Sabbath isn't just about me having a nap, and I do like to have a nap on the Sabbath. But that's just one part of my tripartite being. That's the flesh. It's not just about not working and resting in the flesh. That, you're not truly keeping the Sabbath. Because Sabbath has to be refreshing to the soul, and the Sabbath has to be the spirit engaged. 
which means a rewiring of the mind and the whole body system. It's a covenant. The Sabbath is a covenant. Today I want to talk about the Sabbath because I believe it is so imperative in our structure. Because this whole section, whether it's the building boards, the building boards are trees, wood, men, people that are coupled together by silver tannins. Silver, the currency of man, the currency of redemption. What holds us together? is that the Son of Man paid for our redemption so that we can be raised up like building boards. But this tabernacle, brethren, it was covered in goat skin, badgered skin, or whatever your translation said, and several layers. It would have been so dark inside. It would have been so dark inside. Meaning... We cannot get enlightenment from outside of the camp. We cannot get enlightenment from anywhere in the secular system. We cannot get any knowledge, true knowledge, which is what? The fear of Yahuwah from their decrepit, wicked as hell system. Light comes from within. The menorah the light of the world. We have to be lit from inside so that we can even see how to navigate any of this life. And it all starts, of course, with the ark because we are willing in heart. And then from that willingness, we start to get enlightened because we see the way, the truth, and the light. Because it's dark out there. Even if you think you're in the light, it's a false light. The only true light is the light of the world. But the Sabbath is what even gives us the opportunity to approach the building blocks of the tabernacle. Because you've got to stop. You've just got to stop. You've got to stop as a bookend before, and you've got to stop as a bookend afterward. It's the frame of the whole covenant because the sabbath is an oath in the hebrew it is a sign between yahuwah and his people how do you how do you style oat in the hebrew it's an aleph a vav and a tav the aleph tav is connected The sign of the Aleph Tav is the the connection. The Vav is what connects the two together. We are connected together by the Aleph Tav that enables the whole rebuilding of the fallen tabernacle of David, Masesh Lechim, Acts chapter 15. Without the Aleph Tav and the Vav that he is the one that connects us all together, we wouldn't even be having fellowship. We wouldn't even be here if we weren't connected together by the Aleph Tav. He's the connect, that's the sign. He is the master of the Sabbath, not the master of Sunday or Tuesday or a floating Sabbath. No, he's the master of the Sabbath. And we'll get to that because too many people are losing out on the witness on the sign because of the controversies in the world that creep into the tent. And I want to address some of that. It's a covenant. It's a sign between Yahuwah and his people. Shabbat is styled Shin Bet Tav. It means to cease, to desist, 
to rest, to cut off, to interrupt, to return, make teshuvah, to return, and to seat. So think about this. The mercy seat is where the kavod, the presence of Yahuwah, resides. So on the Sabbath, you seat to seek the presence of Yahuwah. That's the spirit realm. But it's also the Sabbath is where Moshe would take the seat of Moshe. And you see that in the Brit Hadashah where they were the seat of Moshe because the teachings of Moshe refresh the soul. And then we rest our bodies, which is the flesh. It's a tripartite connection to our man through the mercy seat, Sabbath, the seat of Moshe, the teaching and instruction of Moses. You shall go to the synagogue and hear these things, Acts chapter 15, the teachings of Moses that address the soul, a refreshing of the soul. And then you get to rest the body too. But first of all, you have to cease and desist of messing around in the commercial realm. No buying and selling. Come out of mystery Babylon. And if you need to come out of her, my people, which we do, the first step is the Sabbath. Because eventually we're going to come out seven days a week, 360 days a year. Totally out out of the commercial system. We need to. We need to come out of Mystery Babylon. And the beginning is this step of Sabbath. The root of the Hebrew word Shabbat, or Shabbos, depending if you, how you pronounce it in, Hebrew, in, in Israel, it'd be Shabbos. But over here, you know, in more of an Ashkenazi pronunciation would Shabbat, right? But in Israel... Over in the land, it's Shabbos, Shabbos, right? The root is Sheva, which is Sheen Bet Ein, which means seven. Because what happens? If we move the Sabbath from the seventh day, we lose the sign. We lose the witness. You move it to the first day of the week, you lose the witness to the world. And that's the problem today is the traditional Christian realm has lost much of the witness. Even the Ten Commandments are being taken down from courthouses all over the nation. Why? Because they didn't stand for the witness of the sign in the beginning. If you move Shabbat from the seventh day, then you lose the sign. Now, there's nothing wrong with gathering on the first day of the week to sing praise. There's nothing wrong with having fellowship on the first day of the week. There's nothing wrong of doing a collection and giving alms on the first day of the week. The disciples did this. This is mentioned in the New Testament. But that never abrogated the Shabbat. How did they get the abrogation of the Shabbat just from us wanting to get together on the first day of the week? But that's what was implemented after, of course, the Romans got hold of the faith. But Sabbath has always been a count from creation. Its counting began from day one of creation, not from the sighting of the new moon, and I know I'm going to step on some toes here, because the sighting of the new moon, the moon wasn't even created until the fourth day. Like I said, 
If you move the Sabbath from the count from creation, then you violate the commandment and you enter into a controversy. And controversies dilute the sign. And I will tell you, many people, including myself, I used to do the lunar Sabbath. I have tried all the different calendars, not all, but many. And what I found is that I brought controversy into my life. I did not have shalom and the sign was diluted because I actually wasn't implementing and keeping the Sabbath because I wasn't fully resting my body. I certainly wasn't resting my mind. I wasn't resting my soul. And I wasn't having the connection with Yahuwah because I was embroiled in a controversy. There is no controversy if you can count from day one of creation. This sign is not connected to the logic, reason, and intellect of men. It cannot be. It has to be bigger than you. It has to be bigger than me. It takes faith to trust that Yahuwah's Shabbat began at creation, day one began the count, and that Yahuwah is bigger than you and me, and that count has remained throughout time. And if you don't believe that, you have entered into a controversy. I had, and I have repented, and now I have shalom. There are too many brethren that are not finding the rest because they've entered into the controversy. It's a very simple faith. That doesn't mean you don't think. But sometimes you're trusting your intellect more than you're actually pertaining of being a sign and witness people. A sign and witness people. The moon is not the means for counting the Sabbath. It's a creation count that supersedes the sun. It supersedes the moon. It supersedes the stars. It is a standalone sign. Can we say that together? It is a standalone sign. It is bigger than all other signs. It is a standalone sign. It is the Aleph Vav Tav. It's Yahusha's sign. He is the master of it, not me, not any of your calculations. It is bigger than us. That's the problem, is we want to enter into the controversy, and that's when we lose the sign. People say, well, no, I don't lose it. You actually do lose the sign because you don't know whether it's coming or going. And then you really haven't got the community around you, and it causes division. It's not a gathering sign. It's a divisive sign. At that point, it's a sign of controversy. Yahweh has got something greater for us. Yahusha is the master of that sign. He is the what? The Vav that connects together the Aleph and the Tav by his pierced and nailed hands. Vav, nail, the nail between the Aleph and the Tav. Aleph, Vav, Tav, Ot. He's the sign. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay. 
The Sabbath is the coupling. We're talking about coupling. We're talking about tenons. We're talking about building boards and the connection. Sabbath is what connects us as Yahweh's people. A segular in the Hebrew, a peculiar, a segular people. Exodus chapter 19, book of the covenant, Malkizedic people are peculiar. You are one peculiar dude. Right? I'm a very peculiar fella because I am peculiar and a treasure unto Yahuwah buried in the field of the world. That's who he wants us to be. The Sabbath is the coupling that holds the whole structure together. Think about it. Because it's held by the silver tenons, the coupling unit of Yahusha, redeeming man to himself by the palm of his hand, the vav. Silver is the coupling unit. Silver, the currency of redemption. The currency of redemption. The redemption of mankind that holds the whole structure together. I love keeping Sabbath with you. I love keeping Sabbath and the feasts and the Sabbaths in the feasts with brethren. And Yahweh rejoices when we keep the Sabbath. The fallen tabernacle of David can only be raised by the greater David, who is the sign, the Aleph, Vav, Tav, the oat of the Sabbath. That's why he said, I am the master of the Sabbath. And it is about the inclination of your heart on the Sabbath not to be embroiled in a controversy which is a kindling of a fire. You shall not kindle a fire on the Sabbath. Yet people have snuck into the faith and taken something beautiful and kindled a fire under the Sabbath. And now there's a controversy. And we can't even get together on the seventh day of the week because it's shifting, it's sanding, it's slippery like the sand. But hang on, it was always before the moon. It was always before the sun. It was always before the stars in the heaven because it's the standalone master's sign. And Yahweh has kept it since creation. That I do believe. Take it from somebody that used to do the lunar Sabbath and repented of it. The fallen tabernacle of David is raised by the greater David. Exodus 31 verse 16. Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is an oath, a sign between me and the children of Israel forever, forever. For in six days, Yahweh made the heaven and the earth. There's the connection. The count begins from day one. And on the seventh day he rested and he was refreshed. It's disconnected from all of creation. Because it is connected to the origins of creation. And that sounds like an oxymoron. No. It's disconnected from what came after. Because it is greater from what came after. Because it was the premise from which all came. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And without me, there is no life, saith Yahushua. I'm paraphrasing, but you get what I see. It's not a sign connected to the signs of the fourth day. 
You're limiting the power of the sign of redemption by tying it to the minds of men. And I'm, I'm talking to the old me 10 years ago because I did that. We are declaring when we do that that Yahweh is not our sovereign creator. Well, I'm not doing that. Well, you don't realize it, but you've actually starting to look into the minds of men more than you're looking into the actual Peshat. Don't get me wrong. I love the, the, the sowed. But the sowed doesn't violate the plain sense of the text. No matter how interesting and much of a rabbit trail it can send us on. And I do like rabbi trails. We need to declare that Yahweh is our sovereign creator. Yahusha, the master of the Sabbath, the Vav that connects the sign, the Aleph Tav, to his people. The sign has to stand alone, stand alone, excuse me, distinct to corruption and counts of men. This is what I believe from experience. And what I've been blessed to see over these past three or four years, so many of you out there are coming into the wonders of Sabbath, the Feast of Yahuwah and the Torah and the Malkitzedic Book of the Covenant, and you haven't had to go down the dirty trails that I went to get there. And praise Yahuwah. We have people from all over the world that have come from regular mainline Christianity straight into the Malkitzedic Torah. Not having to do what you did and what I did. That is a blessing. So brethren, stay the course, stick with the sign, and don't get caught up into the controversy. If it weren't, its count would begin from day four. And some would say that it does, but it doesn't. The count doesn't begin from day four. That is adding to the text. You've just deep-dived into the sowed, which is great, but you can't contradict the Peshat, the plain sense. You can't contradict what it's hinting at, the Remez, and you can't contradict an allegory, the Drash, and just go, oh, you know, I'm going right into the sowed, and we're going to count from day four. So it's the fourth day of the... And, and, and I get the logic, but it's not tracking with the sign. And I used to... Th but I had to rewire my brain. Because I realized that I wasn't getting what Yahweh truly wanted me to have. Which was a heart for his people of us coming together in unity. Not for unity's sake. That's hypocrisy but unity over the commands of Yahweh through his son, Yahusha. Does that make sense? I just want to see people coming together. I just don't want to see the disharmony. And I don't want to see people taking the Peshat and lying it aside just to dive into the sowed. There is nothing in nature that declares the seven-day pattern of the week. It is a stand-alone sign. That's what I'm trying to communicate with you. Pray about it, and I pray that you will come to see the wonderful simplicity and beauty of it. You see, the sun does have a purpose. It declares the day and the year. Then you have the 30-day count that declares, declares the month, just as we say in the days of Noah. It was a 30-day month. 
But it's creation in itself that declares the Sabbath. That is why it is such a sign to his people. Every time we sanctify the Shabbat, the seventh day, we are declaring Yahweh is our sovereign creator. And that world, it can just wait. You can see the Shabbat, the mercy seat, and like I said, the teaching seat of Moshe. It connects all to that rest of flesh, spirit, and soul. You can look in Exodus 19, verse 5, and you can see that we are that segular, that special treasure. The seventh day has, in fact, fancy this, seven laws associated with it. So let's dive into the seven laws of the Sabbath. Now, if you move the day, you will inadvertently miss the mark and miss the laws. And that's what I see happening. That happened to me. I moved the day to a floating Sabbath. Okay? And then I missed the mark and I missed the laws. And yet in my mind, oh, it's Sabbath. But I wasn't actually doing the things that I used to do on the Sabbath. Because I was embroiled in the controversy. Then it was almost like I wasn't even keeping the Sabbath. Even though I was, as far as I wasn't working down at my job. But it's not just about not working at your job. It's about sanctifying it. Let's look at what it's about. The seven laws of the Sabbath. Firstly and foremost, you've got to rewire your brain. Remember, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, the first law of the Sabbath is to remember, meaning you forgot about it. Remember the Sabbath. It is to remember, in the Hebrew, zakar, to zakar, zayin kaf resh. And some of you that like the ancient and the paleo-Hebrew, I do too. I'm rusty on it, but I used to do it a lot more than I do now. But if you look at these, these um, letters and how it's styled in the Hebrew, Zayin Chaf Resh, you have a plow. Zayin is like a plow or a weapon, right? So a plow, it kind of digs into it and it almost engraves into the earth, doesn't it, right? It's like an engraver into the earth. So you've got the plow or the weapon. Then, of course, you have the kaf, which is the open hand, the open hand. And then you have the resh, which is like the person's head. So, so what is this telling us? That we need to dig or engrave into our head a remembrance and place it in the palm of our hands. Meaning we have to share it with others. Not through logic, intellect, and reason, but through the blessed hope that those in the nations, as Isaiah says in the 56th chapter, that they would come to enjoy the Sabbath too and be a part of his people. It's a beautiful thing. We're to remember the Sabbath. It's a sign that we are in to engrave, if you will, not literally, metaphorically, into the palm of our hands. Because he's engraved us into the palm of his hands. Who? The sign, the master of the Sabbath. Remember, the oat is always going to be connected 
by that vav, the connection of the olive tav. It's a beautiful thing. The second law of the Sabbath is Exodus chapter 31, verse 40. You've got to keep it. Exodus 31, verse 40. You've got to keep it. Keep the Sabbath. That means to shamar, and it's spelled shin mem chresh. What did Adam and Eve fail to do? They failed to shamar guard the garden. They were to guard it. They were to put a fence around it. They were to make sure that no serpent came into that place and they were to till it and make sure no thorns and thistles grew amongst it. And when we come into controversy, that is the thorn and thistle that you have allowed into the sign. I'm just saying, because I've done it. I've seen people and I see people being ripped off and families being ripped off. The cohesiveness of the seventh day Sabbath is not there when you've entered into a Sabbath controversy. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Shin Memresh means to guard, to protect, to observe, and to watch. We have to keep it up. It's not something that you can go, oh yeah, I keep the Sabbath, and then not guard it. You have to work at it. You've got to put in some traditions. <gasps> you said that traditions aren't bad. They're framework, as long as they don't contradict the scripture. Now, did we used to light two candles on Erev Shabbat on Friday night? And did my wife used to put the bread basket over her head, the bread cloth, and do all this? Yeah, for the first year. And then we're like, well, hang on a minute. And we used to do the blessing that Yahweh commands us to light the Sabbath lights. And then we're like, hang on a minute. Where does it say that he commands us to light the two Sabbath lights? Well, he doesn't. And we realized we were doing rabbinic tradition. So we got rid of the two Jewish candles and we thought, well, hang on a minute. Why don't we get a seven-branch menorah? That is the symbol of our faith, according to the book of Revelation. And isn't Yahusha the center pillar of that very menorah? And then my wife came up with the blessing from Scripture that he commands us to be a light unto the nations and has given us Yahusha, the light of the world. And now that's our Sabbath blessing. And that's a tradition. But it's a good tradition that doesn't transgress the scripture. It just adds more structure. You have to structure the Sabbath, otherwise you won't keep it. You'll just keep it in your controversial mind. Right? And that's not where it belongs. It has to have structure. We have to guard it. We have to protect it. We have to observe it. We have to watch it. We have to keep it up. Just like a garden. We've got to guard the garden. You can't just plow your garden and then walk away. You have to keep up because those weeds, those thorns and thistles of controversy will grow about the Sabbath. And that's what's happened in the Messianic movement. The Ashkenazi Jews have been keeping the Sabbath for thousands of years without all this controversy. 
Oh, well, it begins at this time, it ends at this time, it's not on this day, it's on this day. And, you know, they have some cohesiveness. You have, I have seen more people blown up and blown apart because of this. And I was one of the instigators in it. But praise Yahuwah, full circle and repentance, right? It's got to be bigger than my mind. It's got to be bigger than my pride. That I'm, you, I am right and you are wrong. And here's my spreadsheet to show you how right. No. I can't tell you how many PDFs I've read, read on the subject. And it just, just, you just go down and, and, and then the next thing, it's all in your mind. You can't even relate to anybody anymore. You can't even relate to anybody about something so beautiful. I don't want that for you. I don't want that for any of you. Learn from my mistakes, please. We need to watch over our eyes, just like Job said. Make a covenant with your eyes on the Sabbath. Okay? There's a separation from my screen. And I'm preaching to the choir. I've got to watch my eyes. I've got to watch over my conversations. I've got to avoid stimulation entertainment and worldly affairs because the sabbath has got to be different there has got to be a boundary i need to watch it so my behaviors need to be different the third commandment is exodus chapter 16 verse 23 or exodus chapter 31 verse 14 we actually have to engage in sanctifying the sabbath meaning you can't just be embroiled in the controversy and keep it in your brain you actually have to do something. Sanctify it. Uninterrupted quality time with the Creator. It's not just a day off, Matthew. Well, I won't be at work today. It's a Shabbat. And that's it. Nope. I'm not going to go buy my Starbucks. To I don't do that stuff anymore. I don't like to go there anymore. But I used to. It's not just a day off, because just taking a day off is just dealing with your carnal man. That's just about the flesh. It's just about the body. We need to address the spiritual man on the Sabbath. And we need to address our emotions, which is our soul. That is, we need to commune. We need to receive sustenance with the Savior of our souls. That's undistracted time with our Yahweh in his word and doing things differently. We've got to sanctify it. The fourth command and the fourth law of the Sabbath, Shemot, Exodus chapter 20, verse 9, and Shemot and Deuteronomy, Devarim chapter 5, verse 13, is yes, we cease from our labor. We have to master putting away the secular work week. And it's difficult in a modern world where it seems to just encroach, encroach, encroach. There's secular distractions. The technology is ever encroaching at all times of the day that spills out at every single moment. It's a lot harder than it was 10 years ago to keep the Sabbath because the technology and because that you are right there at your device's fingertips, if you will, right? Can we respect and set the boundaries the Creator has established for us? And it is a challenge. Sabbath is that boundary marker. We have to manifest the pattern of creation 
And when we manifest the pattern of creation, we can break free from the patterns of the world. And that's what I want to do, is break free from the patterns of the world. Because otherwise you'll get caught up in their tapestry and you'll just get raveled up into a ball and spit out. The fifth commandment of the Shabbat is Exodus chapter 16, verse 23, Exodus chapter 31, verse 15, and Leviticus chapter 23, verse 3. We are to rest, free our minds, free our minds from the distractions and responsibilities of the week. Yes, we do want to refresh our bodies. Yes, definitely. But... You know, you want to refresh more than just your body. Yes, you want to save traveling until after the Sabbath. Yes, but what refreshes your soul and what refreshes your ruach? That needs to be addressed. We need to slow it down. Yes, I want to sleep. But what about meditation? What about prayer? Because all of that protects you from the creep. Because the secular world will always try and creep. And when you get the creep, then you get the encroachment. And with the encroachment comes depression, frustration, stress, and fear. And that's from the creep. But when you set a boundary, you won't get depressed, you won't get frustrated, you won't be stressful, and you won't be afraid because you always have the seventh day where you have a place of rest. But you've got to guard it. You've got to protect it because the creep is like, it's like a, a polluted well of water that will just seep in. So you really have to make sure you have sealed the Sabbath. Does that make sense? And entering into controversy with the Sabbath and its calculations breaks the seals. I've seen it. I have never witnessed a truly, truly happy, blessed, devout Sabbath keeper that doesn't keep it on the seventh day of the week, what we would call Roman Day Saturday. Because there's so much controversy in the others. I'm just telling you. Because the seal is broken. And you know what seeps in? Pride, intellect, all of this kind of trying to figure stuff out, and you lose the very purpose of the oat, the sign. And then you lose the witness, often to your own very children. And I don't want to do that. I want it to be a sign to my children. So therefore, we do create traditions around the Sabbath, but they are biblical traditions, okay, just so that you know. Because really, it's about rewiring your whole body tabernacle, isn't it? And that means you've got to have it sealed. The sixth law of the Sabbath, Exodus chapter 20, verse 10, and Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 14, don't cause anybody else to work on Shabbat because you're resting, right? Makes sense to me. We're to be a witness. We're to be the manifest presence of Yahuwah to the world. And I can't tell you how many times over the years I've had to put off a contractor I've got to tell the pest guy, no, you can't come out to my house. I keep the Sabbath. I've had to, you know, no, no on the job offer. Um, the invitation to go somewhere, 
No, I'm sorry, I can't do it. Because the Sabbath is a sign to us, but it is also a sign to the nations. Hebrews chapter 4. The calling of his image given to Adam and Eve is also a calling and a hope to all of their descendants. If only they could see, and they can't see without you and me causing nobody else to work. Keep the Sabbath from polluting it, Isaiah 56. Mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, meaning we have to manifest the sign. Now, back in the Brit Hadashah, we saw that Yahusha had an issue with the, the money changers, right? Well, why? Because the Roman coins, they were made of silver and tin. But the temple coin or the sanctuary shekel was made of pure 9999 silver. So they would have money changers that would, for a great commission, exchange the Roman silver and tin for the sanctuary shekel of pure silver. And they would do it like, you know, when you go to Thomas Cook and you're at Heathrow Airport. You don't want to go to that money changer because they will jack you on the commission. And you're like, oh, hang on a minute. I thought I was going to get 50 quid. And you got like, you know, 32. And it was like 18 pounds in commission at Thomas Cook at Heathrow Airport. You know, I learned that pretty, pretty soon in my days. Well, that was the, that was the money changers. So what were they doing? Yahushua goes up to the temple on the Sabbath and the Jewish money changers are keeping, allegedly, keeping the Sabbath. They're up there worshipping, and they're engaging in him in a controversy. They're asking him all kinds of leading questions, not because they loved him and they wanted to learn from him, but they wanted to entrap him. And in the meantime, the Goyim, they'd hired the Goyim, the Gentiles, to manage their money-changing tables. Oh, but they weren't working on the Sabbath. And so Yahushua turns the whole thing upside down. Now, I remember going to Israel several years ago with my wife, and, um, and I suggest this, if you do fly into Israel and you fly into Tel Aviv, um, the, it's quite, quite a flight, is the first two or three days. You know, if you fly in on a Friday, okay, then you can go from, from um, Tel Aviv all the way down to the Dead Sea and you can spend Shabbat and the weekend down at the Dead Sea and recuperate. And then from the Dead Sea you begin your ascent up to Jerusalem and you get to see En Gedi and you get to see um, Qumran, you get to see all of the great stuff. But you're going from down low up on high, right? So we're down at the Dead Sea, uh, Dead sea Hotel, and we ended up staying in this Orthodox Jewish hotel. And it's Shabbat. And uh, the restaurant is open, and it's full of black hats. And I'm like, oh, how's this working? So the Orthodox Jews, they go down to the Dead Sea on Shabbat, Dead Sea Hotel, because the goyim are, are doing all the cooking, all the cleaning, while they're keeping the... Sh that's not really keeping the Shabbat, is it? Okay? 
And that was Yahusha's issue with the money changers. Yes, they weren't literally doing it themselves. They were entering into a debate, a controversy with him. But they had the Goyim still changing the money and making them money from the tin silver to the pure silver. And he uprooted the whole thing, called them a den of thieves and a brood of vipers. So we do have to think about not causing somebody else to work because we're keeping the Sabbath. That's not quite the way we should live because that is called exploitation. And that is what the world is doing currently to everybody, exploiting them out of their ignorance. Exploitation. This whole reset that's going on, People think, oh, I'm getting all of these Federal Reserve notes. Oh, all these Biden, but you are being exploited. You are being exploited. And you don't see it. The seventh law, and there's seven, is don't kindle a fire. Exodus chapter 16, verse 4. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 14. Now, we do have to remember context. Its connection is to the tabernacle construction. So, what was Yahweh saying? Don't get so excited even about a holy work that you desecrate the Sabbath. Because I don't want you forging. I don't want you smelting. I don't want you refining even if it's for a noble holy cause. You need to keep the Sabbath. Now, in the manna week, in Exodus chapter 16, verse 4, it is connected to baking and boiling. So for many, many years, there will be no baking and boiling in my house. Okay? No cups of tea on the Shabbat. When I first started keeping Shabbat, and I live in a log house with a wood stove, we would be in the dark, in the cold, eating cold cuts. And I'm like, what's, I don't know, this isn't, this isn't very Shabbatish, you know? I'd just come back from the Dead Sea Hotel, you know, two weeks beforehand with the black hacks, you know, having kosher beef and getting the sunshine and having the goyim doing all the work for me. And then I'm sitting at home, freezing, because I can't kindle a fire. Well, I can't cook. Well, I guess I'm having a cold turkey sandwich. And i got nothing to do. So I'm like, okay, okay. And I can't even have a cup of tea to warm myself up. Well, I got smart. I got one of those Insta-Hots, and I set it below boiling, okay? So now I'm starting to get smart. I'm like, we're going to get an Insta-Hot. And we'll just bring, dial it back a little bit so it's not boiling. Well, what about the baking? And I remember going to another brother's house, and he's grilling me up eggs in the morning. And I'm like, oh, oh my goodness, unholy fella. Now, I actually do do the scrambled eggs in the morning. Because... <laughs> I've had to navigate this over years. And some people would say, oh, my goodness, I saw Matthew make scrambled eggs. I actually had scrambled eggs this morning. But how do we balance this with baking and boiling 
Is it just connected to the manna week? Now, some of my brethren will say, well, Matthew, it's okay, because it was just connected to the manna week. I'm like, okay, well, maybe, maybe. Well, maybe I should. I can have more than cold cuts on cold days, you know. But then again, I did move from the two Sabbath candles to the menorah. Well, it comes down to this. There's Talmudic Jews, Ashkenazi, and then there's the Karaites. Now, the Karaite Jews, they literally sat in the blooming dark for centuries. And they kindled no fires in their dwellings. And they were mainline, mainline, ultra, ultra orthodox. That's the Karaite Jews, literalists. So then the Talmudic Jews came up with, well, you know what? We'll take the two Sabbath candles. Let's kindle the fire before the Shabbat. Then we can keep the Sabbath candles going, burning through the night, so we have light in our dwellings. Then you stack the wood. You get everything prepared so you're not gathering wood on the Shabbat. And then you just ignite it before the Shabbat and you keep it going. So we did that for many years too. So you have to kind of navigate this self. Am I a Karite or am I a Talmudic Jew? I'm neither. I'm Malkitzedic. So then you're like, well, we we have to really try and figure this out. But it is in the intent of the heart, right? I'm not comfortable... And I've, I've had to tell my son this sometimes, you know. I'd be like in the sh- Shabbat and he's in the back pasture with a shovel, you know, when he was younger because he loved to dig holes. I'm like, what are you doing, right? Or he's looking for logs. I'm like, oh, you can't be looking for logs on the Sabbath. It's like, why not? No, you can't be looking for logs on the Sabbath. That's, you know, and so my children have had to learn all of this. But that's the beauty of this. You didn't bring any logs today, did you? You got no sticks on you, right? Okay. But these but these are teachable moments, right? My son now in the back is smiling because he knows what I'm talking about. What is this talking about? It's talking about rest. We want to unplug from commerce, from the commercial world. Stop buying. Stop selling. Don't deal with TSA on the Sabbath, okay? No load carrying and no gathering supplies. Don't go grocery shopping on Shabbat, okay? Food preparation is mundane. It's a distraction. So I'm not going to be preparing a bunch of food on Shabbat. Now, cracking a couple of eggs and whipping them up, you know, I didn't used to do that, but I did this morning. But also sitting at home in the dark and eating cold cuts is mundane and a distraction. I was very distracted from rest. Especially not having access to a cup of tea. So, you know, I've done both of them. Learned from my mistakes. Now, in fact, at the end of the Sabbath, the traditional Talmudic Jews would light the Havdalah candle. Do you know what the Havdalah candle is? It's a braided blue and white candle, man, with about three wicks on the top. Now, when we first started Torah to the tribes, we used to meet in a hotel in a conference room. And I used to do the Havdalah Shabbat service, where we'd send a disciple out to find the three stars, right, tradition, 
And they're, yep, yep, right, we've got Rabbi Nolan. Yes, we've got uh, three stars out in the parking lot. Sweet. Out with the Zippo. <laughs> Lighting up the half-dollar candle. Boom. Fire alarm goes off. Fire department comes. People exiting the hotel. Oh, it's these Messianic Jews doing some weird religious ceremony. The guy's down there and he's got this big tent over him with silver and he's got some kind of bla black explosives and wires all wrapped around his arms. I had the police called on me. And this was in the time when there was a lot of Islamic terrorism going on. And they couldn't tell the difference between an Orthodox Jew and a blooming jihadi. They had to ask another guy if this was okay. And he's like, yeah, they don't do that much here in Salem because they're a bunch of liberal Jews. But yeah, the Orthodox, yeah, it's called binding to fill in. Right? Phylacteries. We've done it all. Anyway, all that to say this. You have to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But it's a witness and a sign. And it's a sign. And I, I see that in my children. They've gone through the journey with me and seen it all. And we didn't have all the answers, but it has been a joy along the way. So, yeah, we did set off some fire alarms when we first started out. But I think the commandment of the Sabbath Truly, in all seriousness and sobriety, it must be approached from intention. Because the guy that got killed because he was gathering sticks on the Sabbath, it was guilt of intention. We need to have purity of intention. And you just need to start making those moves to... Kedushah, holiness. Yahweh does search the heart. What is the intention? So prepare the logs before Shabbat. Prepare the food before Shabbat. Leftovers, yeah. Really? Wives, it should be a day of rest for them so they're not in the kitchen. Not having to do all that preparation. But what about the, the tongue? Isn't the tongue a fire? Isn't it a fire and a flame? Don't kindle arguments. Don't rise up with controversy about the Sabbath or on the Sabbath. Don't get into gossip. That's Lashon Hara, the evil tongue. Don't be teasing your brothers and sisters. Don't be instigating. Don't be picking a fight with another. Kindling the fire of the tongue on the Sabbath is prohibited. And it also should spill over into the nations, shouldn't it? It's always acceptable to do good on the Sabbath. Always. We're to discontinue evilness. Isaiah 56 verse 1. Blessed is the man that doeth this, and the son of man that layeth hold on it. The keeping of the Sabbath from polluting it and keeping it his hand from doing any evil. In Mark chapter 16, verse 1, we're admonished, try and avoid going to wedding invitations, having a wedding on the Sabbath, and don't die on the Sabbath, please. If you do die on the Sabbath, 
please tell your brethren to have your funeral the next day. Because we can see in chapter 16, verse 1 of Mark, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdala and Mary the mother of James and Shalom had brought sweet spices that they may come and anoint him. It was after the Sabbath. Over in Israel, weddings are always done on the first day of the week, and funerals are always done within approximately 24 hours, but not on the Sabbath. That's Yahweh's. Don't die on the Sabbath. Jeremiah 17, verse 21. Leave the baggage handler, like I say, at TSA and flying until after the Sabbath if you can. Now, I had to one time go back and see my mother, and it was an emergency. Well, but the wonderful thing about Israel and going over to Israel, if you can fly El Al, you'll get wonderful kosher food. And they won't fly on Shabbat. How cool is that? Take heed to yourselves and carry no burden on the Sabbath day, nor bring it into by the gates of Jerusalem. Going through TSA is one serious burden, man. I'm telling you, especially nowadays, right? It's a major burden. So that's pretty self-evident to me now. Hear the prophetic voice on the Sabbath. That's what we're doing today. I pray that at least the scripture going forth would be prophecy in your ears. Acts chapter 13 and verse 27. For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, that they fulfilled them in condemning him. Now, it's interesting. The Sabbath is a special day to seek the company of men and women of Yahuwah. Remember the Shulamite woman's son that died? And she said, I'm going to go and look for the prophet Elisha. And her husband said to her, why would you go and look for the prophet? It is neither the Sabbath or a feast or a new moon. Because you're to seek the company of holy brethren on the Sabbath. You're to seek other brethren's company because we're to be connected through the sign. Of course, that comes from Second Kings Chapter 4, verse 22, seek out men and women of Yahuwah, invite them into your house, connect with them on Zoom and on our connection fellowship platforms. That is a mitzvot, and it's a beautiful thing. So in summation, Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 3, and this is a somewhat lighthearted teaching, but I thought that it was something that I could express to you. Hopefully you can receive it in Shalom, Shabbat Shalom, and maybe question the controversies that have seeped into the Sabbath. Jeremiah 7.3 Thus saith Yahuwah of hosts, the Elohim of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of Yahuwah, the temple of Yahuwah, the temple of Yahuwah are these. For if ye thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if ye thoroughly execute judgment between man 
and his neighbor. If ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other Elohims to your hurt. Verse 7, then, when then, I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your avot, your fathers, forever and ever. Behold, ye have trusted in lying words that cannot profit. Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense to the Lord, and walk after other Elohims which you did not know? Isn't that what's happened today? Isn't that what's happened today? Will ye steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal the Lord, and walk after other Elohims whom you have not known, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all of these abominations? We've been saved so that we can transgress the Sabbath. We've been saved so we can have Easter Easter worship, and we can mix everything in called syncretism, and it's all okay now. Have you been delivered? Have you been saved? Did the blood of the Lamb really allow you to end up in this syncretic religious system of man-made traditions? No. Return unto me. Is this house which is called by my name become a den of robbers in your eyes? Behold, even I have seen it, saith Yahuwah. But now go ye now unto my place which was in Shiloh, where I set my name at first, and see what I did to it for the wickedness of my people Israel. Verse 13. And now, because ye have done all these works, saith Yahuwah, and I spake unto you, rising up early and speaking, but ye heard not, and I called you, but ye answered not. Therefore... Will I do unto this house which is called by my name, wherein ye trust, and unto the place which I gave to you and to your fathers, as I have done in Shiloh. And I will cast you out of my sight, as I have cast out all your brethren, even the whole seed of Ephraim. We were scattered into the nations because we didn't keep the Sabbath because we got into pagan religion and syncretism. And Yahuwah wants us to return and guard it, to return and guard it. Verse 16, Therefore pray not thou for this people, neither lift up cry nor prayer for them, neither make intercession to me, for I will not hear thee. Seest thou not what they do in the cities of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? The children gather wood and the fathers kindle the fire. The women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven. I grew up opening the bread basket in my house in England once a year and being super excited because my mum every time before Easter, and I grew up in the Church of England, we would have what? Hot cross buns. Well, that's exactly what these were. Hot cross buns were the buns that were baked for the Queen of Heaven. And it got exported into the nations and picked up after the Council of Nicaea all the way back to my house in England. And then... The bare-breasted fertility goddess would land a Cadbury's chocolate egg right down in the kitchen. 
accompanied by the hot cross buns. And that's how I was raised. And I thought that had something to do with Jesus. It all comes from here. It all crept in. It seeped. And it is controversial, is it not? The children gathered. But in verse 19, we see that this provokes Yahweh to anger, saith Yahweh. Do they not provoke themselves to the confusion of their own faces? Therefore, thus saith Yahweh Elohim, Behold, mine anger and my fury shall be poured out upon this place, upon man and upon beast and upon trees of the field, upon the fruit of the ground, and it shall burn and shall not be quenched. Thus saith Yahweh Savot, the Elohim of Israel, put your burnt offerings unto your sacrifices and eat flesh. For I spake not unto your fathers, nor commanded them in the day that I brought them out of the land of Egypt concerning burnt offerings or sacrifice. But this thing I commanded, this I commanded them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your Elohim. It's the voice that comes from the mountain that's connected to the Sabbath and the commandments of Yahuwah. And that is the way that we shall live. And then, when, and then, ye shall be my segular, my special people, my peculiar treasure, because you hold to the sign. And the sign of this world is the sign of being lost and perishing. And they never stop. They are so plugged into the matrix, they never stop. There is no rest, not true rest. But they hearken not, nor incline their ear. But they walked in the counsels and the imagination of their evil heart. Which Isaiah 56 just warned us not to do. And they went backwards, not forwards. Since the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt unto this day, have I have even sent unto you all my servants, the prophets, daily rising up early and sending them. Yet they hearken not unto me, nor incline their ear, nor hardened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. Therefore thou shalt speak all these words unto them, for they will not hearken to thee. Thou shalt also call unto them, but they shall not answer thee. But thou shalt say unto them, This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of Yahweh their Elohim, nor receiveth correction. Truth is perished, is cut off from their mouth. Cut thine hair, O Jerusalem, and cast it away, and take up lamentation on the high places. For Yahweh hath rejected and forsaken the generation of his wrath. That's how it ended. But praise Yahuwah for the oat. The Aleph, Vav, Tav. Because we can see that though a generation was forsook and received his wrath, Yahuwah made the way through the sovereign master of the Sabbath. Because it is written in conclusion... In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 10, yes, there was a generation that was forsaken because they forsook the sign of the Sabbath. 
But in Hebrews it says, Wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. But we find in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, that generation, you, are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a segula, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's our life. No matter what happens, no matter what this world does, we separate it on the Sabbath. We come together and we seek holy women and holy men. We raise up our voices in song, prayer, and the edification of the word, and we don't let any creep or any seep come in. Because we know at the end of the day, we are going to show forth his praises, and he has called us out of mystery Babylon. And that's what the Sabbath means to me, and I'm sticking with it. Let's see what you guys think in the chat. And Shabbat Shalom to that. All right. And remember, you can sign up for the Passover by going to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect. And I think we even have, look at that, Moshe put it up on the screen. There you go, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, I've got Moshe, man in the controls, man in the helm here of the Starfleet Shabbat Torah Prize. And it is a Torah Prize to keep Shabbat, isn't it? Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, Sean Allen Vickers. Ezekiel 34, verse 27. And the tree of the field shall yield her fruit, and the earth shall yield her increase, and they shall be safe in their land, and shall know that I am Yahuwah when I have broken, broken the bonds of the wicked. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Ah. Bruce Edmonds is going to make a change. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. All right. Is it, oh, Diesel Grandpa, is it okay to have a baby on Shabbat? <laughs> I know the word says to not labor. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. That is very good. That is funny, that is funny, yes, yes. They're about to have another grandbaby up there in the Great North, the Great North. All right, who's got a question? Anybody? Oh, here we go. Here's Angela. She says to each his own, their own, but I prepare cold salads or sub-sandwiches, hard-boiled eggs, chopped fruit and veggies, muffins, cheese, dip, and other dips, other cold-finger foods, coffee and tea stay hot on thermos. That apps, I love it. We had for many years the um, big Shabbat plates, right? We did that for many years, many years, where you, we would plug it in on Friday night, and we even did it here at Torah to the Tribes. 
we'd just plug the, the Shabbat plates in, and they're big metal warmers, and then we would keep it on there. But then oftentimes you'd go back and the beans would be boiling. And you're like, well, hang on a minute. Because it would get really hot. I think we may have started a fire alarm with that back in the day too. So we've got a bunch of those Shabbat burners in storage, don't we? We actually now have a Shabbat fridge, don't we? And we have a Shabbat stove. We have a Shabbat um, cooker at home. Right? It has a Shabbat warmer. It has a Shabbat setting on it. Yeah. Yeah. So you can buy Shabbat so we don't have to use that anyway. Yeah. It's above my pay grade. But yes. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Mickey. Shabbat Shalom to Mickey. Good to see you. Good to see you. Haven't seen you in a while. It seems. It seems. I'd love to see you at, at um, Passover. It's been a few years, Mickey, but I know that there are gatherings on the East East Coast. And Dominic Roy has got lots of lorry uh, emojis. What are the lorry emojis about, Dominic? Oh, most probably the Great North and the truck. Yes, okay, with you, with you. Got it, got it. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. There we go, yes. I think that's exactly what this is. One to no L. Um, your Shabbat teaching received, as with everything precious, a good tune-up revives the soul. That's what. That's a good word. That's what this teaching was for me. It felt like a tune-up, a good tune-up of the Shabbat. You know, I've been keeping Shabbat for quite some time, but it was like, yeah, good, a good tune-up for me as well. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Robin Fulmer, here's a great testimony. When I left Christianity, Torah to the Tribes was one of the first messianic-type messages I found. So grateful, have explored other teachers and stances, but I'm still here. This is where it's at, love. Well, Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah, and love to you. Robin, we are blessed to have you. And Shabbat Shalom to the beautiful Warnicky family, your lovely girls, and um, you down there, guys, Shabbat Shalom to you all. All right, there's a special, special group right there. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Much more truth, apocalyptic, much more truth. Shabbat Shalom to you wherever you are. You are always on the migration trail, aren't you, brother? I don't know where you are, but I'm sure it's safe. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, it is a good, good life. Bruce Edmonds at Torah to the Tribes. Thank you for this word, Matthew. I'm going to have to change my weekly food delivery on Fridays, 4 to 8 p.m. window. Thursday is looking good. Peace. Shalom. 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 Dutchman, 2 Kings 19.15. Hezekiah prayed before Yahuwah and said, Oh, Yahuwah, the Elohim of Israel, who are enthroned above the cherubim, the cherubim. You are Elohim, you alone, of all the kingdoms of the earth. And that is what we need to be reminded of at all times, isn't it? And Zephi's homestead and garden, blooming spectacular message, message there, Matthew. Well, thank you, Zephi. You know, um, I much appreciate it. And somebody, in fact, I believe that would have been Shabbat Fellowship, Put the link up to register for Passover. I'd love to see you guys. I know it's a way and it's a travel, but um, I'd love to see you. I truly would. 
Oh, that's a good question. Craft Case Nate, what are your thoughts on someone who would betray you and Yahuwah twice? And when it gets tough, they want back in. There's some history with that question, isn't there? That's a tough question. I mean, I know Yahuwah says to forgive 70 times 7, but when they're transgression against Yahuwah, then that's, that kind of brings you into a whole different realm because there's a lot of little foxes that like to sneak in amongst the standing grain with their little foxy tails on fire. And I wouldn't have any of that nonsense if I was you. <laughs> but then again, one does need to be merciful. I'd be very careful. Little sneaky devils. Yeshiyahu Israel. Nice emojis. The fire of Yahuwah between the two men, Orim. So glad you did this teaching on the Shabbat. Since I can, into the truth, I've had to address this very subject, lunar Sabbath versus weekly seventh day. It is contentious, divisive, and it is an issue in my community. It is, brother. It is. It truly is. And it's, it's, so, it's so unnecessary because there are greater things like gathering all 12 tribes and the sojourner. And that is what we are about here at Torah to the tribes. Jackster the Jackal. Oh, what are your thoughts on the war situation? Or is it that considered gossip? No, that's not gossip. Anything biblical? Oh, I'd love to tell you, but Google, YouTube platform. But look at all the targets. What are they targeting? It's got something to do with something we've been going through for several years. Then the area they're targeting is a big laundromat, is it not? It's a money laundromat, money laundering operation for a certain family. Okay, it's the deep state's money laundering operation and it is also the sites where they have got many, many facilities that have contagious, that have been targeted when a financial crisis is happening, then what do we need to do to keep the whole game going? We need a war. Say no more. I'm going to have to open. I think I do have a BitChute account, don't I, Moshe? We could do a separate teaching and just put it on BitChute. But there's enough little... Um, there's enough stuff to keep your mind uh, pointed in the right direction. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, the cloud led us to Texas. Much more truth. Whereabouts in Texas are you? Much more truth. Ah. Oh, there's a what good one, Roger. Shabbat Shalom, Roger Gates. The only, only labor we are to do on Sabbath is to labor to enter into Yah's rest.
Megan says, the Talmud says it is a good sign for one who passes away on the, on the eve of Shabbat because they will enter Shabbat a day of rest. Well, there you have it. Remember, the Talmud is satanic, so be careful with that, all right? <laughs> ah, Cameron, Shabbat Shalom, Brother Matthew, and thank you much for the tune-up. Exactly, it's a tune-up, isn't it? Miss Mo, is it okay to just fellowship only online if you have left a messianic congregation due to t teaching Talmud? Yes, you. good job, Miss Mo. You definitely want to leave if they're teaching Talmud. I mean, I'll quote the rabbis, but only when it is convenient to me. Shabbat shalom there, Hannah Niebling. She says, at Mama Goose, Mama Goose is laboring on the Sabbath. I think it is because your body waits until you're resting to go into labor. Of course, you didn't get to rest much before with your long labor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Karen Long says, yes, in two days there are harsh times coming for Austria for one. Ah, there we go. We're finishing up, brethren. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. We do have an assurance of salvation. We do have an assurance of salvation. A-H. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Oh, yeah. Um, Shifra. Shabbat Shalom Shifra. Matthew, you gave some history on Russia several years ago that because Russia won't join the New World Order, they, Russia, are being demonized. You do realize that... Um, Putin is building like three churches a day. I mean, they, they absolutely demolished Christianity when the Bolshevik Jews took over in 1917 to 21, right? And then they had 70 years of total, total anti-religion, atheistic. And now they're, they're going back and, and just like built. It, they're having an, an awakening over there of Russian Orthodox Christianity, which is better than the papal bull. I mean, it's definitely moving to more towards we can peel those guys off and have them into the Sabbath and the Moedim in no time. So, yes, of course it's being de demonized because he's attacking the laundromat of the deep state and all of their facilities, their medical facilities, right, that are sponsored by the deep state or the corporation of all caps, the United States. There you go. That's as much as I'm giving you on YouTube. <laughs> ah, Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Now Dominic Roy has given us a car emoji. What's up with the car emoji? Where are you going? Were you giving us a truck emoji last time? A little higher up. I'm going up to see if that's the same guy who's giving us vehicular emojis. Yes, Dominic, what's going? You're from the truck to the car. All right, maybe it's symbolic. I'm not getting the symbology here. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. All right. And Shifra, Amen to you. And Mama Goose, Yahuwah's blessings upon you. And Papa Goose, I will reach out to you tomorrow. And be blessing, be blessed. Malki Zedek wife, Shabbat Shalom to you. Truth like Velcro. Putin is part of the white hats that are working behind the scenes to thwart the KM from the earth. 
He has not. Ah. If we, yeah, Ukraine has no borders that have been recognized by the UN. I mean, you can go back to the time, of course, of the Crimean War. This is nothing new under the sun. He, how can you invade a country that hasn't got any recognized borders? But, you know, you'd have to think to think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Don't want to do that. Yes, um, who was the old um, UN general? Kafi, um, what was his name? What was his name? Yeah, Kafi Annan. They, they, haven't, they haven't even um, petitioned for their borders since like 90 or something. Yeah, they've got no recognized borders. But, you know... And that's it for me, guys. That's it for you. Shabbat Shalom. Greet one another now in the comments section. Give us some thumbs up right now. Give some thumbs up and subscribe to the ministry channel here. Let's get the subscriptions up. All of you that are still here, just press that subscribe bell and notification bell and put some nice comments down in the comments section. Try and connect with one another and let's get together for the Moadim, the Sabbath, the first of the Moadim. And then we move into Passover, Shavuot and Sukkot. Make plans and Yahuwah bless you. Shabbat Shalom.